Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Company. What's up? What's <laughs> So, were you born in, is it called Temecula, or how do you... Oh, Temecula. Temecula. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've lived, like, most of my life in Temecula. Uh, I moved there when I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade from Auburn, Washington. So, like, I spent some time in Auburn, like, all my elementary school years. But I was born in Jersey, but I only lived there for, like, a year or so. The only thing I remember from Jersey is, like, turkeys in our backyard like when it would and it would snow and oh, wow. turkeys everywhere like wild turkeys that's so cool though. <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> but um yeah I lived in Temecula like most of my life I moved to Hollywood in like 2015 when I went to Icon Collective was it for your parents job that you moved to California uh yeah my dad works at San Diego Gas and Electric he got a good job there and like, oh. offer. it's like down for California so really <laughs> How about cool your mom what does she do uh, she is currently like unemployed. Like she, like my dad just brings home the bread, you know, he's killing it. But, um, she was working at Starbucks for a, a really long time, but, um, she's done a couple of things like Nordstrom Rack, Starbucks, mm. but yeah, my dad's the one like killing the game, but they're the power couple, you know, they hold, <laughs> they hold each other down. So cute. <laughs> Where do you think you got your creative side from then? Uh, well, my dad's a musician as well. Oh. He, he's a bass player. I'm originally like a drummer. I, yeah. I was a drummer for like a really long time. I, I took drum lessons and I would always jam with my dad. He's like super into like blues and rock. He's actually in a band still that like plays shows. They're, they're really rad. But um, definitely from him, I've always been like super into music and he always pushed me to kind of really get behind drums and it was something that really stuck with me. and has definitely like played a big factor in my production mm. like rhythmically and stuff like that. Were your parents playing a lot of like rock music around the house when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. My mom was like always going to shows when she was like super young too. Oh, like wow. she would take the tram in uh, New York, New Jersey and go to like Grateful Dead, Led Zeppelin shows like by herself and like what? sneak out and like she's so rad, yeah. But um they they've always had really good music taste, so definitely played a huge role in like I, what I consider is my good, like, broad selection mm -hmm. of music. And then the bands that you were in, were they just, like, your high school friends? Yeah, yeah, I had a couple with, like, high school friends. And then there was this really good guitarist I met on Craigslist named Ozzy, who was in, like, Dream Theater tribute bands. And, like, we started a Metallica tribute band called Metalloclone. <laughs> and I was the drummer for that. But I was, like, this little skate kid, like kind of dressed the same way I do now and they're all like leather jackets and metal like wristbands and shit so when we did the Metalliclone thing and we're taking pictures for it like they had me like slick my hair back oh and wear God. this jacket and I, I feel like that's the cursed image of me that one day is going to leak and I can't find it either myself so I'm like hopefully okay. it's gone but it, it, it's it's got to be around somewhere <laughs> it's an evil image <laughs> How else would you describe yourself back then growing up? Relatively chill. Like, I've always been a really, like, passive, like, uh, I don't know, very uh, 
non-confrontational. Like I just kind of kept to myself and mm -hmm. had my group of friends. I skateboarded a lot. I played a lot of video games. Like I, I was never really like super huge into like partying until like when I graduated high school and was going to college and I got super into like playing beer pong a lot but it was just <laughs> I, I had a pretty basic general high school college life. Did you like school? I didn't hate it I mean I I it was a rough good. transition for me I was pretty good like grade wise I wasn't great in high school but once I started going to community college I was just doing like general education stuff in San Marcos and uh, I did a lot better. I think I was just more invested, like, I'm doing this, and it's, like, only a few times a week rather than every day, and mm. I did really well, but I was just, like, average in high school. Like, I didn't, I was in, like, one AP class, and it was statistics or something, <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing mind-blowing. Were you good at certain classes, or did you find some interesting? I think I was, like, decent at math i'm still like pretty good at math like that's how i got the ap statistics but oh is your, your dad's like a, is it is an engineer background or yeah he's smart he would help me like with homework and even like when i was in boy scouts and stuff when i was really young like he gets so hands-on with the projects like <laughs> we would have to like build the race cars to I don't know, there was this Boy Scout thing where there's a ramp and you got to build your cars and put weights on them and stuff and he would just get so invested into it and like paint the cars and stuff. Oh. Like he's really smart and really hands-on. Like if there's anything that breaks, like he's not the kind of person that will call someone. He'll just fix it himself. So like it's the same thing with him helping me with homework and stuff. Mm. Like it, it definitely helped me a lot, but super smart. Did he push you <laughs> academically? Yeah, a bit, yeah. They're, they're like, both both of my parents are like crazy laid back. Like sweetest people you could ever imagine. Like so helpful and supportive, even with the whole DJ thing. Like it was just like, whatever made me happy, they were kind of down for. So I'm always super grateful for that. Mm. And then, wait, so what was your major in college? Uh, I was going for like communications. Mm. I, I really had no idea what I wanted to do with it. I was gonna get a job with my dad at San Diego Gas and Electric. I even applied at one point, and I don't think they like, I don't know, it's a pretty tough job to get, so I didn't get the call back even with his recommendation. And was like, in this crisis period of like, what do I do? And I really wanted to go to Icon at the time because I had toured the school and it just seemed like a huge deal. Like all my favorite artists at so the time So this was were after there. college? Yeah, this was like while I was still in this transitional period of like, I got like my GED, like general, all the general stuff done. And I was like, what do I do from here? Am I gonna go to a university or something after mm. this when I don't even know what I wanna do? I don't have any jobs lined up. So you weren't even thinking of like, were you, so were you, did you start producing or not? not uh, I, had, I had been like DJing, like literally like, clicking on my computer at home just on virtual DJ just like messing around because I was always really passionate about like dance music in general so uh, I started getting like some local shows that were like pay to sell tickets or I wouldn't even get paid for them really if I did it was like 50 bucks or something but mm -hmm. I would bring all my friends out and I was just going hard like messaging everyone like getting as much support as I could and then I started getting bigger shows because I was bringing friends and then I was like if I want to go anywhere other than the Yost Theater 
which is the place that would book me because I live not too far away and I could bring people there. It's like, if I want to play anywhere else, I got to have like a reason for people to see me, you know? So started making music and got like crazy obsessed with it. Something about like the never ending skill cap. Like you can never be satisfied with yourself. It's always like, there's always more to learn. So it was really captivating to me. And the transformative part was um, in 2014 when you saw Skrillex at hard, right? I, I saw him, uh, like, I think it was 2011 oh, or 2000, wow. like, one of the first, it was the first, like, event I'd ever been to, and I was super nervous, because I was, like, a sober kid, like, I would drink for them or anything, but I was, like, I feel like I'm gonna, like, stand out or, like, something, or, and I just went, and it was, like, probably one of the coolest moments of my life, like, I had videos of Skrillex playing that I would like be able to watch on my phone and immediately just like trigger like goosebumps oh, wow. all over and like I, I still get that feeling here and there like hearing his tunes but yeah it was definitely one of the most pivotal moments for me like getting into electronic music like to the next level rather than just being the average consumer you know I was like I want to do something with this like were, whatever it is yeah but were there specific songs that went like that made you go from like more of a rock background to more electronic yeah i mean the first couple songs i heard like my uh my older sister was always a big tastemaker for me as well mm. like i have an older sister and a younger sister and the older sister was like super cool into all the underground stuff and she showed me dubstep at a very oh. early stage like rusco datic um like she showed me dead mouse before dubstep was even a thing and i thought it was really cool but I never really like took that full leap into like it being like the main thing I listened to until Skrillex really mm. and then you were in a duo right yeah I was in a duo with uh my best friend from high school his name is Nate Baker and uh we were we like learned to DJ together like we got little turntables from Guitar Center and just practiced going back to back and it was like so fun to us and that's who I was playing like my first shows with was Nate oh. and yeah and he moved to Colorado and that's kind of when I went to Icon I liked uh, our duo was Misery and Company yeah, which is actually where yeah, yeah which is actually where <laughs> but um I I, I could have like come up with a new name but I really liked the idea of using the company with the K and uh kind of like retargeting the branding for like an industrial like like buildings and like cities kind of feel but I just oh. kind of ran with it you know like, so you just randomly decided to change the C to the K is there is it was it? already a K the way we had it yeah. I, I just think because it was edgy and cool but I just like I just rolled with it I don't know I, it just ended up working out yeah. <laughs> once I found like some sort of branding that worked with it because like Icon Collective goes really hard on branding and they oh. really emphasize how important it is and a lot of the classes are geared just to that it would like kind of yeah. stress me out i was like i need like a brand like jaws or joyride everything's like so cohesive and on point like cars sharks whatever like so i think once i got like a like logo and everything too is just like kind of solidified the name even more like mm. so what else did you learn from like icon like what advice do you have for people who are like curious about the school i i i loved icon personally i would put like i I feel like it's a touchy situation because I saw some people graduate the course and like 
just nudge by every semester, you know, like kind of just like pa whatever they could do to pass, you know. And then there were the kids like who would, in my case, I would like, I was commuting from Temecula for the first like three months, which is a two hour drive. So I was driving and getting there when Icon would open. And I would work on music until my classes start. And I would get out of class, get food and go back to Icon and work on music until they closed to wait for traffic to die down and then I would drive home. Whoa. So it was like an insane amount of hours put in and, and nothing's more important than quantity when you're getting into like something like that with a crazy high skill cap because uh, there's so much to learn and the more time you're putting in like, you know, applying techniques is when you're gonna like notice those big levels, mm -hmm. level ups, which and is what I noticed at Icon for sure. Yeah. And your parents actually pushed you to join it, right? Yeah. That's it was like crazy. a leap of that leap of faith moment on I was literally in my room having a mental breakdown like and my dad the one who like I least expected it from because my mom was the one who took me to Icon and was like if you oh, want to yeah. do this we can make this happen and I was like oh it's so much work it's expensive and like I'd have to sell my car to afford it and all this stuff and my dad came into my room and gave me a talk like you're young enough that you can do this and if the music thing doesn't work out like we can we can find something else you can go back to school like you have time don't freak yourself out That's like go so cool. for it and I did it and it was like to this day I, I think about that moment a lot and like they they just got to see me play for the first time when I played Bass Academy in Seattle which was at this uh venue called the Tacoma Dome which is actually close to where we lived in Auburn and my dad would take me there to go to Wrestlemania and uh, monster truck rallies and like he got to see me play like a sea of people and I came out I came like, off the stage up, right? and my mom was crying <laughs> my dad was like so proud it was like that that to me was the biggest moment for me ever wow, so far I but, um, I'm like getting goosebumps but yeah you no right I, I yeah I I love that moment I but now it's like they want to come to my other shows and I'm like hey, it's nine to me as good as that one just a heads up like wait for like something big I'm glad I had them wait though because imagine if they came to one of my like little bootleg shows and they're like oh this, this is cool you're doing good <laughs> how did you get your music out there initially um for me I I had like a couple little bootlegs and remixes out as company when I started Icon and I was making like Festival Trap and Big Room and I was like trying to step my foot into a bunch of different areas just to get myself well versed. I figured I would grow better if I was just trying a bunch of different stuff. But uh, I was just putting stuff out on SoundCloud. I was doing those weird like, <laughs> I think my only form of like pushing my music was this site called Cloud Killers where you would earn points for commenting on people's stuff and you could spend points like to, to get comments. Yeah, so I was like- I've never heard of that. I was, I was grinding, giving feedback to people and then I would get comments on my track and I was like, yeah, people are commenting, like everyone loves me and is listening. And then I went to Icon and was like looking around at the people around me and it was just like, everyone's killing it. And I'm like, I gotta take all this stuff down. I cleaned my SoundCloud and didn't release music for literally like a year and a half after that. And I, I built myself a little like package of music that I thought was good enough. And artists started to hit me back. Like the first artist to follow me and like 
fuck with my music was Discord. Oh. Yeah, and they hit me up, and it was, like, a huge deal to me. Like, I was so uh, starstruck by that. And shortly after that, I got, like, my own management. It's like, some of the, uh, this dude, Johnny from Apex. Super great dude. He picked me up when I had, like, 200 followers. And he helped me, like, get my first label release on Kairos Audio, which is Dirt Monkey and Jansen's label. Dirt Monkey I just went on tour with with Bear Grylls. He's, like, one of my best friends now. Oh. So super cool, but yeah, that was my first like release out, and it was like a premiere on EDM with like um, the Kairos label backing it, and it got like good plays, and I was like, oh shit, we're doing it! Like, and then ever since then, I just tried to like keep like this. I I, I always have this catalog of like ten plus unreleased at all times or else I'll get like super stressed out it's like oh. it's like an emergency fund kind of <laughs> if you don't have it like, oh my god start panicking <laughs> so I'm like I put that EP out on never say die I was like oh okay I'm like got like gotta make some more music now <laughs> how did you meet uh <laughs> it's, like it's like moldy, moldy literally bread. okay I have to show you guys I don't know where is it I could take one of the good slices though it's a little snack on the road. That's where I see always the weirdest stuff. <laughs> but how did you meet Never Say Die? Um, I, I did a few, like, one-off releases with them. Like, my roommate, Adair, uh, I did a song with him on his EP. Uh, I think it was called Late Nights or something. We wrote it a long time ago. And I put that on his EP, and then I did some remixes, or I did a remix for that uh, Slander Yuki After All mm -hmm. track, which was an official for Never Say Die. I did that with Wooly, and then we did a VIP of that, which Never Say Die kind of backed, but we just like put it out ourselves, because they had us cut this little future based section that Wooly made, and it was really sick. We, we both liked it a lot, but they said it like wasn't danceable or something. So uh, we released a little VIP with it, and then I made a dubstep drop or something, and, and that was that. But then we got like super linked up after uh, after I finished the Bear Grylls tour, and I sent them kind of like, "All right, here's my take on like heavier bass music dubstep. Like I'm really, I'm really going for that sound. Like I just really captivated me like the way the dubstep scene was heading, and I was like, I, I'm going for this for sure. And they uh, they thought it was a good fit. So we've just been working with them ever since. Yeah. It's like definitely every artist I look up to is on Never Say Die. Yeah, I've interviewed so a bunch of them, I think. amazing artists. <laughs> what was the 40-hour, like, desk job that you were working at? Oh, oh, I never did, like, a desk job. I worked uh, at this restaurant in Temecula called Rosati's. Oh. Yeah, it's like a pizza delivery thing, but it's also, like, a restaurant. So this was, like... Before, like in between Icon and college. Yeah, there was even a point where I was like living in Hollywood, but I needed money still. And the people that worked at Rosati's, it's like a very family friendly, like family owned kind of place. Like the, uh, the owners of it like were, were there all the time and we got along really well. So I was like, hey, I, I could really use some like part-time work. And they were like, of course, anything, anything you want, like you want to come back and drive for us again. So. I was doing that part-time while I was going to Icon still. Oh. Yeah, but mainly, I like, that's, like, the main job I had most of my life. Even before that, <laughs> I was a driver for Papa John's, and then... <laughs> and, even, and now I just do Yeah, music. just all, yeah. So I know my way around some pizza, for yeah. sure. 
And then you were doing some like engineering job, right? Um, or what I, was it called? Like uh, after you finished? Oh, Icon. somatics. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, that was like the big. That was like kind of a, another like I made it kind of thing, like being able to support myself off of music. Uh, like immediately after I graduated, I uh, started getting really into sound design and ended up linking up with the Somatics dudes because they did these artist series packs where you release a sample pack for free and people follow you to download it. And I saw like some of my friends did it and their numbers were just blowing up. And I was like, I need followers, so I'm going to do one of these. And when I sent them my unreleased tunes, like, hey, I'd love to do a, a thing for you guys. Uh, he was like, yo, can you get on a Skype call? Like, after he listened to him and was like, your sound design's sick. Like, can you do some work for us, too? And, like, of course, you can do an artist series pack. And um, I just did all the work I could for them, like, as quick as possible. I was like, I need to, like, crush it. So they'll hire me. And they did. And I worked for them for a while. And that's when I started to, like sound design non-stop like to the point where I hated it like I, t I had to take some time off after I stopped working for them like making sounds it was and, brutal and then you just saw your own like artist career just kind of like blossom and they just quit that yeah yeah it was kind of like a like I was coming up more and more as I was working for them and obviously they helped me out a lot because they were really in like a big part of the producer community like being a sound designer for them was like kind of like m my foot in like meeting artists when I was mm. first going to Space Yacht like oh that was the first thing it's so cringy I'd be like what's up man like <laughs> I'm the sound designer for Somatics if you ever need anything I got you bro and they'd be like that'd be like my way of oh. meeting cool artists and like having a reason like hey I have something of offer to you like I'm not just a normal like kid annoying you you know not that that's like how it is but did it work I out i felt i mean a few times oh, yeah wow. like, networking tips yeah for you like guys. that's how <laughs> that's how like diplo started following me it was because i emailed him a bunch of somatics packs and he was like this is sick and i sent him tunes after that and he followed me and like, i was like oh i like that was like one of those moments where i was naive and young like screenshotting the follow thing like <laughs> <laughs> posting it on all my social media. <laughs> what was your inspiration behind New Rain? I had been sitting on a few of those tracks for like quite some time and I I, I was just really going for like this low mid like really just I don't know how to describe it like a really aggressive tone but like absorbable kind of rhythms and uh, I'm, I did a lot of really big batches of crazy sound design and had these like ca this catalog of sounds that I could kind of just like throw at the canvas. So it was a lot of just experimenting. Like I kind of stepped out of my boundaries with that override track, did something a little more like not as like aggressive dubstep. Like it's like a pretty laid back like trap kind of song. So just kind of having fun with it honestly like the stuff that was inspiring me at the time like bad class stuff space laces stuff like had a big uh influence on my writing at the time for sure but i was just like feeling whatever i was writing like whatever i think would do well live or like whatever i was just getting super into yeah. you know how would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger um i'm i'm pretty good with the uh i've had some really rough moments with the uh like writer's block self-doubt mm. kind of things it's still like a learning process you know because 
it'll happen really tough sometimes I'll go like two months without any inspiration or ideas and it's like am I like I'm thinking to myself like am I really supposed to be doing this like blah 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 and I've I've really taken a new approach to this kind of stuff recently so I think that's a lot healthier um stuff like that I mean yeah, I, like what's your I, advice for someone who's going through like writer's block the kitty <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. um I have a couple go-to things it's obviously different for everyone like I like to see other people work and like sometimes like one person applying a weird technique I've never seen before can spark my inspiration mm. and it's not even like if I'm out of ideas it's like if I don't have that drive and I'm like push I'm like forcing myself to work when like my body is like or my brain is like YouTube social media like check your Twitter and um, usually when I see someone do something cool on a stream or something it'll spark my inspiration or if I get a new plug-in or if I just listen to some like complete left field stuff like maybe that can spark something up definitely just going in experimenting opening old projects kind of seeing what made everything work because like sometimes I'll be working on a song and I, I won't even know what's wrong with it so I'm like how am I supposed to make this better if mm. like I can't figure out what's wrong with it yeah so I'll go look at uh like an older project and be like oh this was here for that reason maybe I can do that in this track stuff like that yeah. I don't know it's it's so different for everyone like some people could just be completely uninspired rhythmically but have like crazy sound design so it's like every every step of writer's block is different it's like it's evolving and learning like once I conquer it it's like nope gotcha again like bet you didn't see this one coming <laughs> what would you say other than the writer's block have been your biggest challenges um I definitely am slightly addicted to Fortnite like <laughs> the first was pretty bad pretty bad no but I, I'm better recently and it'll be like waves where I'll be like four days in a row I'm playing Fortnite at least like four or five hours and then like sometimes I'll go weeks without playing because I'll be so like sucked in on a track or I'll be traveling but even then I just got a Nintendo Switch so I can like play at the airports you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what does love mean to you love wow yeah that's a tough one I mean I feel like like the moment I was describing earlier, like when I got off the stage at Seattle and like, like you can literally feel it in your stomach, like warm, warmth, you know, and like goosebumps, like it's definitely really deep. <laughs> it's like deeper than I know how to describe in words, you know, like it's mm -hmm. kind of just that feeling that like certain people give you, you know or like certain moments. Mm. Like you can have that feeling for a moment, I think too, like being in love with something. Yeah. Like when I, I don't know, when I just have like a perfect show run or perfect weekend or I write the perfect track, like I get that feeling, you know? So I guess I would just more like link it hand in hand with that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that your <laughs> No, I like that. <laughs> Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, wow. I don't think, like, any particular, like, one release or anything, like, I guess just for, I like, being myself, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to, 
I don't know, that's a tough one. I would like to be remembered for like, kind of like paving my own way, like staying well-versed um, and kind of just being able to apply my sound to whatever kind of like genre or anything I'm feeling at the time. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. It was great.